After recording this week's episode, we discovered that Eric's microphone had been broken for several months. Now that he's got a new one, I can't guarantee that the content is going to be any better, but at least the quality will be. Welcome to episode 161 of PHP Ugly, the more audio-enhanced version of PHP Ugly. I am your host, Eric Van Johnson, and with me, as always, as usual, ride-or-die friend, Thomas Rideup. Hello! So that was a little live uh, troubleshooting bug uh, fixing there. That was fun. You know, that that mic issue, uh, for those aren't, who are not watching the live stream... Thomas and I just went back and forth trying to fix... I've been haunted with a mic issue for a long time. And it doesn't help. First thing, I don't have the best voice in the world. To top it off, I I am very loud when I speak, I'm told. Which, I guess, is true. I've edited enough of my own podcast to know that I'm loud. But for for weeks, Thomas, uh, Thomas and I, we both take turns editing the podcast... And I've noticed for the last few months, actually, that my audio stream has just been getting progressively worse. And when I edit it, I take a, I, I take a lot of extra steps to clean it up. Um, but even doing that, I, I've been noticing how bad it was. And uh, I guess uh, Thomas and I just did a little live troubleshooting and figured it out. Um, at some point, Skype decided it would be a a good idea to try to auto-adjust microphone volumes. And for whatever reason, on my microphone, it just kept steadily <laughs> increasing it until it maxed out every time. So it was a weird, weird thing there, man. Yeah, it's still it's still not perfect quality, but uh, I think this week we'll do we'll do some testing and see how good we can get it. Well, I think that's a that was a big find there, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll still have to do some more testing and figure out why. It, it wouldn't be so bad if Skype was just adjusting the volume in general for you, but it's adjusting it up only. So the louder you got, the further it adjusted it up somehow. That's that's a good point. It's like yeah, it's, it's like at what point did it not realize it was just too loud? <laughs> oh man. So, you know, one of the problems, Thomas, with having a weekly podcast is that just not all shit happens week after week to talk about. Oh, I disagree. Well, that's fantastic because I am as excited as I had been in the previous couple of podcasts we had because I was doing a lot of coding that just really gets my juices flowing. I love coding. I honest to God love to code. I mean, I've said it before. I'll say it again. To me, it's the closest to art that I can get. Any sort of real art. I just, if the world would leave me alone and just let me type code out the rest of my life, I would be so happy. Unfortunately, I run a business of coders. No one will leave you alone. <laughs> And coding is typically the last thing I get to do. And, man, I've spent the last week just putting together papers for clients and schemas and, and documents and 
Oh man, we've uh, we've been onboarding a new client as well, and that's always like this awkward phase of understanding each other's workflows and you know trying to figure out how, you know communication patterns and joke appropriateness. <laughs> exactly. I know. I, so I've it's, seen it. It's been fun, man. I mean, it. I mean, it's just. It's been. It's been a week of just like, you know, management sort of work, and it just. I. I just would just so rather just code, but I. I didn't even get to um the last week. Uh, I just got into Vapor and was deploying serverless uh, websites, and I got. I did that up until like a little, a little bit through the weekend and then come Monday real work kicked in and I have not gotten back to it. So I had, I have still not successfully deployed my vapor application end to end. I've got two little quirky things happening. I'm sure they're my quirky things. Actually, I'm not sure of that. Um, but I have two little quirky things that are happening that I just haven't, haven't had time to address, so I, I I sent Taylor a couple emails, and I just didn't have time to I didn't have time to follow up with him. But so yeah, I, I Vapor is still not a successful deployment, not because of anything Vapor is offering. It's just I just haven't had to, haven't had fifteen minutes to to you know work on my deployments. But you said you have some fun things to talk about, so let's focus on you. You told me I was going to have to lead this today. Yes. So I pulled up all the stuff that I've just have tabs sitting here open that I've been reading throughout the week. Well, I hope, I hope and I do want to say I, I did get some feedback. There is some interest in your PHP and porn topic. Really? Uh, whenever you, whenever you feel like you, you have some... But if that might even trump doom and gloom, if, if that could be like a <laughs> recurring segment. <laughs> but um, but you know, the, I, I got some feedback on people who are like, well, what, you know, what would what would Tom, and, and to my defense, you know, full disclosure, you and I have not talked about this, so I don't know. But you know, they were like, well, what would Thomas talk about? I'm like. Probably a lot of scaling and, and you know heavy traffic load sort of things, but I well, don't really know. A little bit of scaling stuff, but also a lot of a lot of things that you would only expect larger companies to have to deal with, like search engine optimization, uh, A B testing, lots and lots and lots of A B testing. Um and and things that you sort of it wouldn't occur to you, like uh we have a search functionality on our site. Um, and that form can't be a post form; it has to be a get form. What, why wouldn't it? Why can't it be a post? Because you can't copy and paste a post form and send it to your friend and say, "Check this out." Oh, yes! I never thought of that. Yes. That that would be one of those poor things. It totally, yeah. it totally <laughs> is. Um, you know, it's 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 the same with YouTube. YouTube has to disclose the search terms in the get. VARs because if they don't, you can't send it to somebody else, and that's a huge proportion of their traffic. Um, um, one thing a lot of people don't know outside of the industry is that there is an industry standard for uh, tracking affiliate programs called NATS, N-A-T-S, and 
familiarity with that archaic monolithic system and integration to that system is essential for everything we do. Um, because the way that our media is promoted on the internet is by giving other people the tools to create their own little satellite sites that redirect back to us for the sales portion of the, the process. So there's a lot of tracking for that. Uh, there's a lot of analytics data that we have to track. Um, some countries have very strict controls on content that can be available in their country. So we do GOIP detection and we actually modify the, the available content based on the result. Um, so if you were to hop into a VPN, you might not see the same content on the site that you would see in your native country. Um, and that's because there's compliance issues we have to take care of and stuff like that. There's also a lot of, a lot of scheduling. Uh, we build a lot of systems to manage scheduling when something is and isn't available. Um, and then, you know, like you had said originally, scale is a big deal. We have to worry a lot about caching and performance um, because what we, we are one of the classic targets for attackers to just DDoS us endlessly. So that's, that's the general breakdown of, of how things can get weird in my industry. Um, there's a lot of idiosyncrasy, et cetera. Um, people don't realize how much of our traffic is mobile. I didn't realize how much of our traffic is mobile. What do you mean? Mobile compatible or mobile? What do you mean mobile? Uh, people on phones. Okay, really? That's like a thing? Yeah, that's a thing that I did not understand. I, I, I don't know if I understand it. I mean, I... I'm not that I'm a big, like, porn person, so maybe if you are, it makes sense, but, like, like, what is your situation where you're like, well, I gotta pull some porn up on my phone? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> what would you guess our percentage is for mobile devices versus desktop? Well, just because you said that, only, only based on that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it higher than my expectation of 40%. Now, to be fair, had you not said that, I would have said 5%. Yeah, it's like closer to 70%. You stop. Well, I, okay. Seriously. Are tablets considered mobile then? Maybe yes. maybe with tablets. Uh, I believe so, yeah. Still, though, I don't it's, know. It's way higher than I thought it would Because you got to hold the tablet the whole time. Yeah. I mean, doesn't I make don't, sense. I, I don't agree. get it. That's interesting. So yeah, there's the, a the, lot to account for that you wouldn't think of. The search thing, I would have never thought of. Uh, the, the doing the get instead of a post right. makes complete sense, but would never have never had occurred to me. A-B testing, though. You mentioned A-B testing. You do a lot of A-B testing. We do a lot of A-B testing. Um, obviously, people don't know they're being A-B tested on, but like, what what sort of things... Do you A-B test? Because, I mean, the format's pretty simple, right? There's a video, there's some buttons, but what are you, you A-B testing? I would say that some component of the layout, uh, of the core layout, changes every couple weeks. So this Something is a, that you this wouldn't is... notice unless you worked for the company and went, oh, weird. 
this is something that's always fascinated me. Um, again, I don't spend a lot of time on porn sites, <laughs> but, but the time I have five spent, minutes a day max. <laughs> the time I have spent on porn sites, seeing comments, it's like who's commenting on this stuff? Like how we much... implemented that. We implemented that, and I thought that was a crazy thing to to spend money on implementing. Mm-hmm. And nope, it's people comment. I don't. That that was going to be my question: is what what functionality do you think, or hmm, what functionality gets used in your site where you're like nobody's ever going to use this? And people, because you've told me things that you're like, oh yeah, we're looking at doing this. I'm like, why would anybody on a porn site use that? And you 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 were always yeah. like, yeah, I I wouldn't think they'd use it, but they use it. Well, I, I can tell you that the VR stuff is bizarre. And makes me wickedly uncomfortable. But it's very, very popular. Mm-hmm. And I can't really understand that. As, as somebody who, even when I absolutely know that I'm in the house alone, somebody could show up at home for some reason. Oh, yeah, yeah. You would never catch me watching porn in VR. For, <laughs> never. Well, yeah, that's the thing, is that the first thing you, you, you realize when you put the headset on is that someone will immediately catch you doing this. Because <laughs> you, are, you are dead to the outside world, and it is a terrifying experience. And for some reason, all of the actresses like to kiss the camera directly, mm-hmm. which, given the medium, is your eyeball. <laughs> right. And because it's on this fisheye lens thing, it's like your whole eye, it's your whole face. Is, it's a very weirdly invasive technology, but a lot of people love it. Um, we've got augmented reality now. We have 3D models that we're releasing on like a daily basis where you just... The, the model just dances and you can spin them around in a 3D yeah. in the browser. I, but I was talking more like things you've you've implemented on the website that like like share and Twitter buttons and things like that where again I'm like who would ever use that but people use it. Yeah, we have uh, favorites and watch later which yeah. is very popular for some people mm-hmm. and not at the, all popular for others. The fa- so the favorites was was one of the things. It's like Again, thinking about a porn site, it's like, I don't know if I would be favoriting things, but you guys actually ran into a lot of performance issues because of the way you were handling favorites, right? Because I remember we, we did a lot of talking yeah. back and forth on on God, caching yeah. and, and re- possibly using Redis. And, so and it's this gone, the, the whole thing's gone now because of that, because this of is the, the performance type thing issues. Oh, so you don't have favorites at all anymore? Uh, it's really it's a micro feature of one page on the site. Uh, it used to be that from from the homepage you got this top down view of what you had and hadn't favorited. Mm-hmm. Um, but because we had a guy who favorited every video out of tens of thousands of videos, we had to stop doing that because either we were breaking our caching by adding a query to every single scene lookup mm-hmm. or we were caching the entire result set. And the way we resolved this is I had JavaScript on the page, look for how, which scenes were on the page and then perform an Ajax query 
and say which of these scenes listed is favorited, and I would get a, res- a result back. Mm-hmm. But that ended up becoming a problem too because people were writing bots that were trying to scrape our sites, and they were hitting that lookup a thousand times a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, too. Which is another thing that we have to worry about. We have to worry about people sharing passwords and which IP address they're coming from. We have to worry about throttling people who are potentially doing something they, you know hazardous. So sh- share with us the dirty secret here. Do you guys ever look at like user accounts and like the videos they watch and be like, "Oh my God, this guy doesn't leave the house. He watches five thousand videos a day." No, <laughs> absolutely not. I can tell you, good, good, I'm just, safe. Okay, <laughs> just just getting that database off of the production server is a nightmare, mm. and qu- querying against it would be a complete hog, a time hog. I can so, tell you when I okay. did work for when I did work for that really sleazy dating website. Mm-hmm. They knew every time a .gov or .edu email was used to sign up. Ooh. And they cared. I cared how? Dunno, I wasn't the boss. <laughs> but I did quit for serious ethical concerns in general at that company, so... That, the, so, I, again, you know, one of the good things about you, Thomas, is you, you do have standards and ethics, and I know the company you work for, and I know your boss, and I know... That kind of is a common theme among all you guys. Yes. So you guys, it has you, to be. You work. You work on one of the fringe industries. There, there's no question, but you're definitely one of the good guys in that industry. Um, but I do enjoy getting calls from you or your boss during the week because I always know it's going to be an interesting problem. It's like, yes. oh, this is, this is going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Never simple. <laughs> it's never just, how do I join these two tables? <laughs> and again, you, you don't need to share this. Obviously, I, you know, I don't want to get you fired or anything like that. But just out of curiosity, um, the users of your service, is that pretty much the end of, like, the end of how you use them, like you're trying to sell to them your product, but do do you guys do anything else with that data? Like, do you you guys don't sell it to anybody? Not the or? data, not the data. So what we do have is something called cross selling and cross promotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have a relationship with a cam site that we can transfer username data to them, and when they go over there. They have a tracking code that links the account on their site to the account on our site so that there's a relationship established. It's called a a white box site where they let us put our own logos up on their site. And even though the person is on a third-party site, um, they get branding from us still. Right. Um, But we don't – I don't believe we transfer financial information or anything that I would consider sensitive. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. and that we have some advertising partners, but they they send us advertisements. We don't send them anything. Mm-hmm. And when there's a click-through, we just send a tracking number that is anonymized, so there's no data leakage of any kind. Um, 
I did, I, you know, again, that nefarious company I used to work for did do some uh, stuff that was, that was called credit card transfer or credit card authority transfer, where you could have a one-click button that gave us permission to send your credit card details to another provider Ugh. so that they could start charging you as well. No. And there's restrictions on how that gets used, but those restrictions didn't always get followed to the T. Mm. So people people could end up clicking through links on the site and finding out that they're getting charged for three different websites now. <laughs> and yeah. And again, but I'm 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 very not, happy that that this is a very ethical company that they don't. If they do something that I think is wrong, or if they ask me to program something that I thought was morally wrong, I wouldn't do it. And right. I think that's that's an understanding of my boss as well. You're in a pretty good position where you know you wouldn't you wouldn't be asked that. And again, all the credit to you and your boss. You guys are passionate developers. I know I know your team absolutely. Uh, I hung out with your team in New York. Um, and Jersey, <laughs> and, you know, you, you, you yourself, you run user groups. You're on this podcast every week. We, you know, we never talk about your line of work on a regular basis. This is very out of the ordinary for us, but you're a passionate developer. You love developing. They love developing. Uh, I know, I, I don't want to say names, but yeah those guys we sit down we sit down to dinner we sit down and have a drink you know all of the code all, all the talk is about code you know yeah. it's not not about the product and and the challenges and the interesting problems you guys are trying to solve so now, i do like hanging out with you guys for that reason you you hung out with my boss and i was wondering if you guys talked about eloquent api resources did not I had not seen this before, and he pointed it to me for a ticket the other day, and boy, I love this thing. Uh, you, did he point you to the Laracon talk or to something else? Just to the documentation on the uh, on the Laravel, the new Laravel website. The the new Laravel six point website that is uh, six six hasn't been released yet, but yes. But the upgrade guide is actually there. Did you see yeah. that? Yeah, and and you can you can spin up a new Laravel six project if you throw the dash dev switch in your composer. Yeah, I'm super excited about the six stuff. I'm I can't wait. Mm. Um, but the the API resources. I, one thing I've always had trouble with is how Eloquent handles JSON responses. It's basically an all or nothing kind of situation where if you've customized the model to say that these are protected and these are not, then it will respect that when it creates JSON. But if you just want an endpoint with a specific purpose that just needs these three values and nothing else, mm. there wasn't a good way of doing that. Um, and now with these API resources, you can pass a model into it and it will return a, it, just what you want it to return. You can do a huge amount of magic on there. Uh, you can query relationships and make sure that the relationships get properly populated so that they're represented correctly in your response. Um, and you can make new stuff like two-string relationship mapping. So you can say, if, if this gets represented as a string on this API, then it returns this value. 
a lot of really cool stuff. And it clicks together really fast. Like you yeah. just say new resource and then this field, this field, this field, and now you have it and it's done. So I'm, I'm super excited finding those. So what's, what's it called again? Relationship mapping model? Uh, eloquent API resources. See, I'm not seeing this. API resources, got it. Okay. I, I was uh, getting to the site. Let me... Uh... It's got built-in handling for pagination. Uh, it's got a collection type and an individual model type, so you can build out collections that are paginated and then process them before... I feel like there was a talk API. on... I feel like there was a Laracon talk on this. Uh, I think there, I think there might have been because now you you can't tell because the Laracon site doesn't have the names of any of the talks on them. Yeah, but the, if you go to YouTube, the the company that recorded it has been slowly releasing the talks, and uh, they have the titles on them. So there's a Intro to Vapor. Um, man, I am. No, design Laravel design patterns. I am not seeing it, man. This layout is horrible, actually. Now that I say it, yeah. oh, here we go. Here we go. I, 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 you have to go to the actual company site, the uh, Steam Acon Streaming Conference. Here we go. This, uh, yeah, eloquent performance, uh, eloquent performance patterns. I think is the one I was I was thinking of. It might it might have been in there because. The feature, yeah. the feature is easy enough to implement that it really doesn't deserve more than ten minutes of talk. Hmm. Let me read through this. I don't know if I've. Uh, this is not looking familiar to me, so I need to read through this. Cool. Excellent. You use the uh, the Slack app, don't you? I do, unfortunately. To the it's the bane of my existence, but yeah, and it's not. Do you cheap. have the new one? Yeah, yeah, you have to have the new one. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, I, I still hate Slack. Why? I mean, is it, should I be noticing something different? It's the same application. It's way faster. It might be faster. I don't know. When I when I'm jumping between companies, it's instantaneous. Instead of having to do this whole connection dance and rendering again. You're right. That is fast, but you know what? You know what I have noticed since the upgrade is that it'll it'll occasionally just go away, and then re-render everything back to me. Huh. I noticed that if I hit F5, it closes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's supposed to. Yeah, I I I, uh, I shouldn't complain about Slack. I mean, Slack does meet a lot of our needs, and because of Slack, I probably look at email once or twice a day. Um, so never email me, or don't email me and expect a response. But between Slack and our our project management system, uh, Teamworks, I never I never look at emails. It's like anybody who who needs to get in touch with me, they they have other means of getting in touch with me. That's great. Now mm -hmm. I we use uh, Jira for our project management stuff, mm -hmm. and they recently did an overhaul of their look and feel. And boy, that's a huge step back. <laughs> they, Don't they you hate? Screwed the pooch on that one. <laughs> uh, have you been? Have you been watching any of the Laracon talks? I haven't yet. Uh, I've saw that they're starting to get really pushed out every day, 
there's a new yeah. one every day. Dude, wait till you see the live wire stuff. Uh, I, I I do a terrible job at explaining live wire, but that is the cool. Like once I get this vapor thing done, that's my next thing is I'm going to do some live wire testing, and I I keep saying I'm going to stream this stuff, and then I end up not streaming it because you know. I never work on one thing at a time. So it's like, okay, well, I can stream it, but then I can't work on this over here at the same time. Yeah. And so I don't I don't end up streaming, but um, Did you see the video of the guy who was streaming himself developing a new iOS app? No. His mom his mom saw that he was streaming. You no, didn't see what, that? No, what happened? Oh my god, it's it's incredible. So he's He's live streaming the whole process of him creating this application um, on Twitch. Uh And I guess he's living with his mom or he was at his mom's at the time. And she went to walk behind him and saw that he was talking to the camera and working and realized that he was doing his streaming thing that he had told her about. Mm -hmm. So she crouches down on her knees and starts like waddling past him so that she's not on the camera <laughs> except that she's all the way on the camera you can see her still 100 percent. and she does it without saying anything to him because she wants to be nice and help him and when she goes to leave the room she does it again and he can see her in his feed on his screen just walking like a walking like a duck uh-huh. and so he just he stops what he's doing and then just turns around slowly and goes, Mom, what are you doing? And she says, I just didn't want to disturb you. It was oh, we, so gotta, adorable. You got to find that and put it in the show notes. I will, I will. Um, <laughs> yeah, I... I if I had a cool project I was working on, I'd love to stream it. But I mean, all the stuff I do could be very easily classified as just work. Yeah. Where it's, <laughs> it's just add add this field here, push it out, test it, seed the data. Well, it's funny because I, I occasionally I'll do pair programming with a developer, and uh, I when I was doing the state machines, uh, I did that with one of our developers, one of the developers who told me he was he was interested in. Uh, the state machines and next time I did some work if he could pair a program with me I'm like yeah sure so it was cool because you know he's on with me which I'm sharing the screen and going through and I'm like yeah this is fun I should stream this and then I don't stream it (laughs) I'm horrible Uh, I'm a a horrible developer I got something else new I got I got toys for myself oh what do you got Show me, show me, show me. I got the Wise Cam. Oh, yeah. is that uh, is that completely uh, completely wireless or? Uh, yeah, it needs power, but besides that, it's totally wireless. Um, oh, so so it does need power. I like those because my mom, she got the ones that that are completely wireless, and then she never takes them down and charges them. I'm like. <laughs> What's the point? What's you know? She puts them way up where you have to climb a ladder to put them up. Yeah. So like when I go out there, when I went out there, when she's like, "Yeah, can you climb up and put this put this camera up for me?" I'm like, "Okay, 
I'm like, Mom, how's this thing charging? She goes, oh, it has a battery in it. I'm like, well, that's not going to last. And sure enough, it doesn't last, you know? You know, I have a, uh, I have a battery pack that this thing would work with. I should test out trying to go truly wireless and see how long it lasts. So what's the Wise Cam? What is that? What's special about the Wise so, Cam? I'm a, I'm a mess guy myself. So this is 1080p, um, no paid service. It's a free streaming Ooh. to your app. Uh, onboard 32 gig card, um, which I believe gets you a week or a week and a half of data stored locally. Uh-huh. That you can access from your app at any time from any location. Um, uh, infrared. Interesting. And it records and it records in full SD. Uh, so that, full, that's full that's 1080p. Service piece is very interesting. So the the uh, little the 32 gig drive in it, uh, the, the card in it, does it just overwrite itself and just keep keep going? Yes. So the card is, I would say, basically essential if you want to rewind anything. If you want to watch it in real time, you don't need a card. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think that the the service that it comes with provides like a two hour rewind functionality or something like that. But to me, that's not very useful. Um, it has motion detection, but they also recently added person detection, which is a uh, machine learning based identifying a cat versus a person in a mm-hmm. room. And that works fantastically. Hmm. Um, what, what's, it has uh, what's it, it has a, that's W-Y-S-E. And before you look it up, before you look it up, so it has a microphone, but it also has a speaker, so I can talk back through it. Right. The this has that as well. Yeah. Um, the, the base is magnetic, and it comes with the magnetic disc that you just stick to the wall with a Oh, I like that. So it just pops on and hangs off there. Yeah. And any of the angles, it just sticks in. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a very, very nice device. How much would you expect to pay for it? Uh, see, based on what Nests go for, I'm putting it at about 30, 40 bucks. $25 a unit. Ah, that's not bad. So it's very cheap for what it is. And it doesn't doesn't tie you into a service, huh? Uh, it ties you into their mobile app, which I think is tied into their service somehow. In China, somehow. (laughs) <laughs> do you have to I pay say, for stuff though? I, you don't have to pay for anything, but I will say I don't think I own my own video data. <laughs> which it, it is a big when you go buy it on Amazon, that's a big selling like negative point on all the reviews. The, uh, people say people say what, I read the terms of service and it's a one star device. <laughs> the website has it at twenty bucks actually, not even twenty five. Oh yeah, you know what? I actually did get these for twenty. I think the price dropped. Uh, now, there is one issue, is that I bought two of these, but I now have four of them. Why? They, they come because in pairs? The, the two that I bought <laughs> so, did not work probably... out the box. Oh, okay. The company claims that there was a manufacturing defect which lost a resistor on the board that should have been placed there. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely convinced that that's what happened. Um, because the packaging did change ever so slightly between the one that I got as a replacement 
and the ones I originally got. Uh. So it seems like somebody got fired. Some some factory <laughs> in China got fired. Um, but so, so you don't really have that, you don't have really have four though. You said so you only have two working ones. I have two broken ones, and two working ones. There you go. Um, and they didn't even want the broken ones back. They just sent me two brand new ones, and said sorry. <laughs> um, which I'm, I mean, I'm glad it wasn't too big of a hassle to get get dealt with. But uh, when I described the issue, they immediately knew what I was talking about and issued a replacement. <laughs> um, but it, it seems like if you buy it off Amazon instead of off Wise's site, you have a a fifty fifty chance of getting a working one or a broken one. Oh jeez. Yeah. I like those odds. It's not great. <laughs> uh, so if you do buy them, order them from the official website. Don't get them off Amazon because uh, I don't think they work off Amazon. And you said you've been pretty happy with it, or? Yeah, I really, I really like them. I mean, the quality is surprisingly good for for this little white box on the wall. Mm-hmm. You would not expect what you get out of it. Um, can you put a bigger card in it than 32 gig? I've heard you... that you can, okay. but I've also heard that you can't. Ah, interesting. Um, I'm not exactly sure. So the, the function of the card in the device was one of the two features that's broken because of this resistor issue. Uh-huh. So a lot of people complaining that it doesn't recognize their card actually have broken devices and don't realize it. <laughs> so I don't know if you can get a 64 gig card for it or not, but I don't really think it's worth it. And on top of all of this praise, the app is really good. Really? Most of the apps that I've used for this kind of functionality in the past have been terrible uh, attempts at putting out a product that just works and never having to support it again. Mm-hmm. And this app is very fast, very functional. Uh, if I want to rewind to specific points in time, it's got them tagged out to when they detected motion or when it detected audio. Uh, one of the cool features is if you don't want to have it doing motion detection or sound detection all the time, it can still do fire alarm and CO2 alarm detection. So I can really? have it always I can have it always recording and what it does is it listens for the sound of a fire alarm. Oh, oh so it doesn't actually I catch you. okay, alright. Right. Which is to me was such a duh thing. Like when I when it said fire alarm detection, I thought, well, okay, what kind of bridge device IoT piece of garbage do I have to get for this to work? Mm-hmm. And I looked at it and it says listens for sound of fire alarm. And I went, oh, of course, it's a simple, stupid solution. Of course, they just have a a waveform for a fire alarm, and if it matches that waveform, it sends an alert. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Why are we doing all of this stupid connected crockpot garbage when it's that easy? Mm -hmm. So uh, if you look at the, uh, if you go to the website, it shows, like, the camera, and it's, like, doing, like, the down and up and and moving. I, I assume it's just showing you it has the ability to swivel, or does it actually automatically swivel itself? So there is a 
device called the Wise Pan. Okay. And the Wise Cam Pan actually is motorized, oh. and it will it will track movement in the room. In a in a very terrifying way. So a buddy of mine has this one. <laughs> a buddy of mine has this one, and he turned on the feature where it will track people in the room uh-huh. and keep them in the center of the frame. And it's got this little stepper motor inside of it that goes, mm, 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 and it and it just follows you as you walk around the room, <laughs> and it's very unnerving. <laughs> um, okay, but that device is. I think it's like another thirty dollars for that functionality alone. It's yeah, that, that goes for thirty bucks. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. And yeah, and my buddy has it and says, you know what? It's just not worth it. The, yeah. The the one with because it's got this nice wide angle lens on it already. So, just having one in a room gets you the full room. Easily. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that extra that extra ten. Ten bucks, I guess, just isn't worth it. Mm-hmm. Now these aren't outdoor cameras, but they have an outdoor accessory for them. Mm. So you can actually get a mounting th- kit that's hardened against rain. Yeah, that's pretty typical. That's I, I, just, one, I love I it. One of my nests I have outside. It's not. It's not an outdoor nest. It was just a nest, and then I bought the little out, outside protection thing on it. Now, Nest actually makes outdoor cameras. Uh, now, one thing to note is that it doesn't do uh, 5 gigahertz Wi-Fi. Mm. That's no it, has to connect to, it has to connect to the standard 2.4. Yeah. But besides that, I love this thing. It's great. Cool. Cool, man. And the night vision is very functional too. Yeah, yeah. We have uh, we have a Nest Cam. I that's something else uh, with the Nest Cam here at the office. I've been tempted to uh, make it public, just because you know why not, right? Yeah. <laughs> but but I haven't. I don't know. <laughs> but those are those are way more expensive, aren't they? No, I don't. I forget how much they are, but they're not. They're not too. <laughs> Hundred and seventy dollars. No, they're not. Not not a piece. You must be looking at like a package of them or something. Uh, nope. Although I don't know, since Google bought them, maybe maybe something's changed. The two pack you... of the outdoor cameras are three hundred. Really? The Nest branded ones are all at least a hundred and thirty dollars for the lowest end ones. What? I, there's no way. Not that I don't believe you, but I don't believe you. I'm going to the website as we speak and prove you wrong. Nest camera. Let me see. Show it to me, Nest. And of course, and of course, Nest doesn't like uh, or Amazon doesn't like Nest, and so they no, won't, they hate Nest. They won't let you see your Nest camera. You're right. The cheapest Nest camera is two hundred bucks. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Wow. I don't remember paying that much. Maybe I did. I just don't recall. And, well, and you, what's, have, what's you have tech it? price blindness, though. When you see something cool, 
This is very you true. Go, you go fuzzy in the face. Yeah, this go, is true. Uh, the problem with Nest, though, and in, in why I'm surprised it's so expensive, is to get any functionality out of it, you have to subscribe to their service. And so the like, service might cut off at any given time, like they did with the Nest Hub. Because exactly. they just suspended that and said it's done now. We're not, we're not, yeah, it's like, well, we're not supporting this anymore, so, you know, we're done. But yeah, I think the Nest camera, I think a very similar situation. I think you get like 30 minutes of rewind time if you don't pay for anything. But then you have to pay, and it's not, the Nest service isn't cheap either. You have to pay this Nest service if you want any sort of real security where you can rewind. Now, I do like the fact that it's all off-site. Like the moment the camera records it, it pumps it through the, the web and it's off-site. So if anybody snatches my Nest, you know, they don't get the recording. It's like, I still can see them snatching the nest. You know what I mean? Right. But, but yeah, it's, I, wow, I'm, I'm absolutely surprised at the, at the cost of these. And yeah, the outdoor camera, like I said, they didn't even have the outdoor camera when I purchased it. So I, I and can't that's the think cheapest it, one. I can't even think that it was this much when I, when I bought it. So when I bought Nest, it was a company. Google didn't own it. But right. maybe they maybe started was, with the thermostat. Yeah, maybe it was this much. I don't I don't don't recall. I probably can look on my Amazon list and see how much I paid for it. I'm sure I bought it through Amazon. Don't don't do it. That's just that's just punishing yourself. I know. I know. All right. Um so some more tech news. Uh I was talking up <laughs> You know what's very funny? <laughs> you know what? what? You know what's very funny? Uh, what no, it's just I I had already typed into Amazon and clicked on orders when you said don't look it up, and then the, like the stuff my wife orders off Amazon. <laughs> don't look that up either. <laughs> just her brother is uh, her brother is flying in for a visit um, for. Uh, he lives in Hawaii, and he's coming in for a visit in September, and he has a young baby, a baby under a year old. Um, and, of course, my wife is very excited to meet her niece, or nephew. I think it's a nephew. My wife is very excited to see the baby. So all they've been talking about is, you know, well, we got to do this for the baby, we got to do that for the baby. I'm like, it's a baby. It'll be here for, like, four days. And I get it to Amazon, yeah. No, she bought a baby seat, a baby car seat for it. <laughs> like, the kid is here. They can bring the car seat on the goddamn plane. You don't, oh my gosh. Oh, I love my wife, and she loves uh, she loves babies, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, not not a fan myself, but. So, oh, I, I love babies, but then once they get, like, once they get, like, moving around and stuff, they, they, they become a real pain in the ass. I don't, I don't like them anymore at that point. Yeah. But, um, I remember so, last week I was telling you that school is starting and that I was very happy about that, and nothing has changed. No. <laughs> it's just, it's just quiet for an additional three hours, but. I, I think they I think they unload when they get home. Uh-huh. That period of time where they weren't home and yelling, they save it up for when they get home immediately. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. All right, so I do have a couple more geek things we can talk about. Um, Fire away. I, I, as excited as I am 
uh, with Vapor. And as excited as I, well, uh, let me pull back a little bit on that. We use Amazon's uh, AWS service pretty heavily for a couple clients. Uh, one of the features in AWS that I've always loved, one of the more expensive features, has been the AWS RDS service, the Relational Database Service, in which uh, you can fire up a Postgres, a MySQL, or this Amazon Azure uh, MySQL version as well. And it, it is, for what it is, it's a great service. Uh, you don't have to worry about any management of your database anymore. It handles it. It does backups. You can do restores. Uh, creating a read-only clone of your database is pretty simple to do. Um, always been really nice. Like I said, one of the more expensive services at, on, a, on the AWS platform, but worth it if you're in that environment and you need a MySQL database. For our smaller clients and our smaller sites, uh, we use DigitalOcean, and mm -hmm. DigitalOcean has been teasing that they're coming out with this database service for a while, and they actually had released a Postgres service uh, a few ah, months back. I heard about this. Yeah, they finally released their MySQL and even a Redis version, which I'm like, why would anybody use a Redis as a service, but okay. Okay, that's fine. I mean, Redis Redis is pretty easy to install, and but that's fine. But anyways, so now Digital it has Ocean, had its vulnerability issues, though. Yeah, this that's year. true. Yeah. So the so now MySQL and Postgres, if you're a Postgres person, are offered on DigitalOcean as a service, and their pricing is very on par with their pricing of. Um, they're droplets. So I think the cheapest uh, the cheapest service is like $15 a month, which the cheapest droplet is like $5 a month. And it was funny because it's like, it's a service. Uh, they're low in MySQL configuration with $15 a month. And people are like, well, you know, why isn't there a $5 a month one? And it's like, Five dollars. It's just for you. That's why. I know. It's like spin up a five dollar a month droplet and install it yourself. You know, it's like <laughs> this is a service. It's it's not. Well, there should be a cheaper version. Not everybody can afford fifteen dollars a month. It's like maybe you shouldn't be running. I I bet you those people have a two hundred dollar a month phone plan. You know, they and they're probably buying two hundred dollar Nest cameras too. The bastards. <laughs> <laughs> car seats for a four day trip. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if you're if you if you use DigitalOcean uh and you have a database, uh database as a service, man, we 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 actually have a entire uh we have actually two droplets on DigitalOcean that are just database servers. Uh one for um one of the bigger clients that we keep on DigitalOcean and another for Essentially, all the other sites that we host on DigitalOcean, and um, I'll probably be moving at least one of them over to this service at some point. You know what I like the most about DigitalOcean, though? What's that? Is how much better it is than AWS. Well, it's simpler. Like the, yeah. the interface, the pricing. Yeah. The and, and what's funny the is management. Like, they have block storage which is like AWS S3. 
and it's completely S3 compatible. So <laughs> everything, every all the tools you use for S3. Matter of fact, I have a Laravel application running is that, that spaces that writes. Is it spaces? Is that what it's called? Yeah, maybe it's called spaces. Yeah, I have an S3. Uh, I mean, a Laravel application that's running in DigitalOcean that leverages the S3 driver to write images to oh, storage. Nice. Yeah, and it's it's. 100% compatible. I had to do no trickery, no no funky monkey patching to make it work. I just well, put in my credentials. See, I'm, I'm looking at my old DigitalOcean homepage, and it's it's so immediately better. It has it has a, a projects functionality, so you can say these things are separated into projects. That's that's that just came out last year. Yep, that's new. Yeah, and then it has. The resources within that project, so you can yep. see at one on one page what all of the things you have are, mm-hmm. versus AWS. The last time I used AWS, it had five hundred links, and each of those had three sublinks to the type of domain routing thing you wanted, and you didn't know which ones you had existing deployments of. Yep, you just knew that it was you had one somewhere. <laughs> and then you'd go into the you'd go into the domain system, and the domain system was hosted on S three, or it was in the S three file format or something. So like, there's something weird about how they do domains that you have to have a bucket to store your NS records. Uh, and you ha- at, you're, you're talking about the Route fifty three DNS service, right? There's some weird connection to their storage system that you have to have. An instance I, I of the storage system. Don't recall what that is. It's just, I just, I so dislike S3 to the point that I got a call from Google one day. I kid you not, and they said, "We're doing a competitor to Amazon. We want you to, to tell us about the interface. What do you think of the interface?" And I did a, I did a Skype call with somebody at Google. And went through page by page by page, and I kept telling him, this looks like AWS. It's garbage. The more you try to look like AWS, the worse off you're doing. Look at DigitalOcean. They do it correctly. This is a waste of time. I do like DigitalOcean's interface, that's for sure. And it's prettier, too. It is. And it has a a price tag in the top corner. Mm -hmm. It just says, here's the price. Not, we'll tell you later. We'll figure it out through this complex series of calculations. Right. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. And so they have, I, what, they have Kubernetes? Kubernetes? Kubernetes. Kubernetes. <laughs> Is that what it's called? Kubernetes, yeah. That's the Docker service, yeah. Yeah, they've got all this great stuff now that I haven't had the chance to use because I don't... Oh, if you haven't logged into Di- yeah, if you haven't logged into DigitalOcean in the last year or two, yeah, it's got it, it. They have just really put a lot of effort into it. Um, so I had a scare today. You want to hear hear about my scare? Or actually, actually, I think it was yesterday. I had a scare. <laughs> yeah, it was yesterday. What's, what's um, that? 
So I, I, I use PHP Storm and I, and I subscribe to PHP Storm. So every time uh, there's a new upgrade, I get the upgrade, I get the newest, latest version, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I actually have the toolbox set up so that it automatically upgrades me, right? I right don't, yeah, I've got that too, yeah. Yeah, I don't even want it asking me anymore. So it upgraded me to 2019.2 yesterday. And I'm like, all right, well, this is cool. And I went to open up a project, and immediately I get this huge error message, JavaScript error, saying, oh, hey, idea of them is giving me errors. I'm disabling that plugin. I'm like, the hell you are? I was like, I can't <laughs> use this. I can't use this tool without, you know, my VIM bindings. <laughs> Your kidney appears to be failing, so we just removed it. <laughs> so it, uh, it fires up. I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to, you know, pop back in there and re-enable that for you. Thank you very much. And I re-enabled uh, idea of them, and I pop back out, and I'm trying to code, and it's like, it's not working. Like, idea of them isn't working. It's like, I'm getting all these J's and, and L's and K's, and I'm like, what is happening? And I, my mind could not do it. Like, I could not remember that I didn't have any VIN bindings. And uh, so I'm like, this is horrible. This this isn't going to work. Let me let me shut it down and start it up again and see if, it, see if it works now. So I shut it down and I start it up again. And sure enough, the error message pops back up and says, yeah, we disabled it. I'm like, I can't, I can't use PHP Storm anymore. <laughs> it was just that simple. I'm like, well, that was fun. I, I enjoyed using PHP Storm for the few years, but later... <laughs> And uh, I, uh, your your loyalty was tested and immediately <laughs> failed. Just fa- failed what? on the idea of a test. It's hysterical <laughs> to me. I mean, I was getting frustrated with myself. I'm like, I can't believe I can't code without them. It's like I I couldn't do it. I I kept trying to do it, and I, I I'm like I kept. How much time do you spend on your mouse? How do you do that? How do you code with one hand on a mouse going clicking around all over the place? You guys do I, you guys are you guys are insane, man. It's called multitasking. Oh man. So fortunately I saw in in a thread, I was like, oh yeah, just uninstall it and reinstall it. And first thing, that took a while to process. I'm like, I can't uninstall Vim. That's just that I can't do that. That is wrong. I can't even quit Vim. I don't know how to uninstall it. <laughs> so I uninstalled the plugin, reinstalled it. Unfortunately, everything worked, and uh, I'm a happy coder again. If I could actually do some coding, but it was like if you had been in my office, I felt like an idiot. I'm like cursing at myself because I can't maneuver around my code. I, I I can't believe how embedded them movements are in my in my fingertips. Just the, and, the thermostat is set to sixty five degrees, and you're pouring sweat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. <laughs> I'm such a joke, man. I'm such a joke. <laughs> Oh God! It, it <laughs> walked, was hysterical. Walked over to the synagogue, the local synagogue, and just had a a real close conversation with God. <laughs> I don't know what's happened, but it was everything to me. I didn't, I didn't realize how much I would miss it. 
Dude, it terrified me. I'm like, I literally, I was trying to, I was trying to edit two files. I literally quit, quit out of Storm and opened it up in Vim just so I could get my edits done. And then, of course, that felt so right. It was like, oh yeah, oh right, yeah, oh terminal, That's right. terminal baby. <laughs> that was my. Hey, you know what? Speaking of speaking of hacky responses to problems. Yeah, I've told you. I told you I'm having trouble with my older laptop, just sort of randomly shutting down. You mentioned that. <laughs> so my solution to it was, I went to Walmart and just bought a can of canned air. And every time I feel like it's working too hard, I just spray it down. <laughs> just don't crash! Don't crash on me, baby. You're cool. You're cool. Why didn't you get its own little desktop fan and just put that on it? I don't want to put any more strain on the USB port. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, all right. I think that's I have. It. We done? It's not quite. I have but, one last thing. Go ahead. I have maybe doom and gloom. What? Wait! I have doom. And... We haven't. We don't switch scenes anymore. Where's doom and gloom at? Where's Doom? There you go, Doom and Gloom. Lay it on us. Actually, before I... you Doom and Gloom, before you Doom and Gloom, all right. We should thank our patrons. Absolutely. Thank you, patrons. We appreciate you uh, patronizing us, patronizing us, patron, patron, giving us money for. We appreciate for your patronage. There you go. Thank you very much. Okay, Doom and Gloom. And now back to Doom and Gloom. Uh, I would I would say, almost three years ago, we had a lengthy conversation about my favorite uh, version control software, Mercurial. Okay, right. Mm-hmm. There were a number of reasons I liked Mercurial over Git. I I think it is more featureful. It feature, is easier feature. to use. Wait, what was that word? Featureful? Featureful. Oh, featureful. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. All right. Uh, it was easier for me to use. It, it had uh, a nicer interface in the command line. It, it had uh, a lot of really helpful features. But we ended up switching away from it and moving to Git, and I just sort of never thought about Mercurial again. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently we're not the only ones because Bitbucket is dropping Mercurial support. Really? Uh, if you don't know or don't understand why this is a big deal, Bitbucket is owned by Atlassian who created Mercurial. Yeah. So this is... This is not them dropping a feature. This is them essentially ending the life of a product. Um, they put out a nice long blog post, basically said, yeah, by February 2020, you'll no longer be able to create new repositories with Mercurial. And by June 1st, uh, you will not be able to use Mercurial features or Ooh. via Bitbucket or the API and all the mercurial repositories will be removed. So they're they're full on. We're just done with it. 
we're focusing on Git. It's it's been a long time coming, and it was a hard decision. But I guess they have of their total user base, less than one percent is using Mercurial, hmm. and Bitbucket was the place to go if you were going to use a Mercurial repository. Uh, mm -hmm. They were the ones that provided the free service that you could just create a public bucket and give access to anybody else. Uh, they were the GitHub of Mercurial. And now they are the Mercurial of GitHub. <laughs> 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 They're just the, the casual alternative to GitHub. Um, I just, I thought that was, I thought that was pretty surprising and sad because I'd love, I loved Mercurial. I thought it was great. Um, I've never, I never used had it, any so I wouldn't know. the The big difference functionally is that the what you would consider origin for Git mm -hmm. is local, mm -hmm. and so when you're swapping between projects in Mercurial, you're not communicating with a hub source you have the whole project contained locally and you tell it to update the project. So if there's 20 branches in that project, then they all update in your local repository. And then as you check them out and check them in, you get the newest versions. So we have in, in my environment, we have hundreds of currently open branches. Mm -hmm. And if I wanted to update all of the open branches that I have, I'd have to write a script that looped through all of them and updated them all one at a time. Mm -hmm. But with Mercurial, you could just say, update the repository, update the local repository. And you could browse the local repository with command line tools. And say, what is there here? What can I get access to? Um, you know, in GitHub, when you fork a project, you get all the branches that that project had. But with Git locally, when you clone a project, you clone the specific branch you're asking for. And if you want a different branch, then it has to go back out to origin and say, give me that other branch now. Mm. Whereas Mercurial managed to maintain all of that on its own locally. And it doesn't seem like much, but it was really handy. <laughs> and the way that it handled uh, unstaged files... Mm -hmm was very nice because an unstaged file was still part of the branch. So you didn't do, you didn't necessarily have to add it to a branch for it to be part of that branch. It was just there de facto. And when you switched between branches, anything that was unstaged stayed in its working environment where you had it. And then if you decided to add it to the branch and merge it into the master branch, then it would be available to all of the other branches. But you could have temporary data that was floating around only where you needed it to be, only in the branches you wanted it to be in, mm. which I found very handy. So sad day, sad day for Mercurial. I'm surprised <laughs> they're doing it so fast. Um, I thought... Just saying, yeah, as of June, all of them get deleted was kind of like, oh, wow, that's quick. <laughs> all right. Uh, 
we should wrap it up. You want to wrap it up? That sounds good. I think it's been a good ep- a good oh, episode and a half. <laughs> before we wrap it up, we need to make a deci- decision for next week. So I need to be back in Arizona. Uh, my mom is actually having some surgery. I'm down to try to record. I mean, we, we know the challenges I have in Arizona trying to record. I'm down to try to record. I can't do OBS out there. Do you want to try to have it set up for next week? Yes, I will get OBS set up for next week. See what I, I, I can send you over all the scenes and stuff I have because I have them all exported. I can send you over everything I have. You can just import everything and see how it works. Sure. All right. So we'll we will we will tentatively plan to stream next week, but uh, there is a chance we won't, depending on just. Well, we will we will definitely stream our tech support session next week. We might stream an episode. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, man. Internet connectivity at my mom's house is horrendous. And uh, I just wish they would get cable. Like, my my mom lives in a neighborhood where cable is, like, five miles down the road. And it's been there oh. for, like, the last ten years. And they won't come, you know, they won't come to her. Well, it's a, it's a good thing those companies don't get any federal subsidies. So, oh, wait, wait. They do. Two trillion couple. dollars. Yeah, yeah two trillion dollars. Just some. Um, Alright, so I think that will wrap it up uh, for this issue of Troubleshooting 101 OBS and PHP Ugly, uh, your ugliest PHP podcast on the inner tubes. This has been episode 161.3. And I am your host, Eric Dan Johnson. I'm Tom Rideout. Keep, Keep it, it ugly. ugly. Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly, and thanks to our sponsors, the Diego Dev Group. If you're looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group. You can find the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. That's www.diegodev.com. Show notes and RSS feeds can be found at www.phpugly.com. Follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at PHP Ugly or join us in our Discord channel. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or in your favorite podcast listener. A rating of five stars is always appreciated. Until next time, keep it ugly.